You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Soul Wars, Part 2. Enjoy. Is there anyone who did not see Star Wars last Sunday but saw it this week? Anyone else? Oh, uh, thumbs up or thumbs down? What do you guys think? Yeah, two thumbs up. Okay. It met your expectations, huh? God is good. Well, we're, we're in the midst of our Soul Wars series, The Lord is With You. And Star Wars, it was uh, definitely my, one of my favorite movies as a kid. And it's this epic saga of a war going on between darkness and light. And I, I love it. In, in Star Wars, we learn about this invisible realm called the Force. And some believe in it and some don't. Some are sensitive to it and operate in it and some don't. And we see uh, episode four, still my favorite, but we see uh, a young man, Luke Skywalker, who doesn't know who he really is. He doesn't know where he comes from. He doesn't realize he has a great destiny until he meets someone who, who is sensitive to this unseen realm and can bring him into the light and get him on the path for his life. And we see these beings who are sensitive, these, these Jedi knights, these special warriors that utilize the force to fight evil. And they have this special weapon. It's a sword of light, and they're the only ones who know how to use it. And even though Star Wars is science fiction, man, there's a lot of parallels between that movie and this non-science fiction life that we're living. So we're living in a non-science fiction world, right? We've got real issues. We've got real situations. We've got real darkness to deal with. And in this world that we're living in, real darkness is trying to keep the real you from the light. And so during this time, and in 2016, I felt impressed to encourage you to embrace the light in 2016. Jesus is the light. To embrace Jesus Christ, who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him to resist the darkness. That's anything that would come against that, right? Anything in your life, a thought, a philosophy, a person, a religion, that would come against who he is, what he's done for you, and who you are in him. Embrace Jesus Christ in 2016. Embrace the light. Resist the darkness and let the light of his promises lead the way every day in 2016. When you let the light of his promises lead the way, you'll make decisions differently. All right? When you make decisions about your, your today and your tomorrow based on his promises, you'll make decisions differently. All right? So we want to make decisions based on who he is, what he's done for us, and who we are in him. Let's read our Ephesians chapter 6, uh, verse 10. Now remember, Satan's trying to keep you personally, right, from, from the light. He's trying to keep you from personally knowing and experiencing God, right? He's the, 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 the great, the, uh, what do they call him, the supreme being. In, is that what his name was in episode seven? He's the bad guy, right? Satan, but he's real. And he's trying to keep you, but he's not supreme. He's trying to keep you from knowing and experiencing God personally. And he's trying to keep you from knowing and fulfilling your destiny, 
He wants you to think it's too late or you can't do it or uh, it's just not going to work out. But what he wants is not important because Christ in you is greater than Satan in this world. Verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 6. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We can do that because he's given his strength to us, right? He's, he, he's given that. He's given us his might. Put on the whole armor of God. So we put it on just like we put on our clothes every day. What is the whole armor of God? Do you remember from last week? Psalm 91, put that up there. His faithful promises are your armor. Right? That's what the armor of God is. It's not something you can get at Dick's Sporting Goods, right? It's his promises. Put on the whole armor of God. How do you put on promises? Right? By reading them, meditating on them, speaking them over your life with your mouth and believing them in your heart. That's how you put them on. You should be speaking the promises of God regularly over your life and over the situations and circumstances of your life. That is how you put the armor on. That's how you keep it on. Right? So put on the whole armor. Speak the promises of God over your life. Speak them with your mouth. Believe them with your heart. So that, back to verse uh, 11, that you may be able to stand. Go ahead, Eden. The whole verse there. Are you sleeping this morning? Not sleeping. We've been without a boiler in our home for, this is the fourth day. So we're all sleeping on the first floor by the fireplace. And I think we're all kind of tired. <laughs> so, but it's, be, it's scheduled to be installed this morning. So stay awake. Where's Judas? Is he on the floor sleeping? No. Oh, there he is. Okay. All right. Put on the whole armor of God. So why? Why do we speak the promises of God over our lives and believe them with our heart? So that we can stand against the wily coyote, right? The strategies of the devil who's trying to take you out, trying to keep you from experiencing the abundant life that Christ came to give us. Hallelujah. All right, so if you didn't hear last week's message, please listen to it at highwaychurch.us. Go there, click on the podcast button or the iTunes button and listen to it and build yourself up in your most holy faith. Pray in the Spirit, listen to the Word. You'll be glad you did. Now, let's get into uh, this a little deeper. Let's look at this invisible realm that's not in Star Wars, but that's very real, this invisible realm in the non-science fiction universe, all right? This invisible realm uh, that's going on all around us, all right? Let's take a look at this. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. We, wanna, we should not be ignorant of the darkness, right? We certainly can see the, the effects of it, the results of it in the world, but we don't want to be ignorant of that realm, and this can get a little strange if you're, not, if you're not used to studying the Scriptures, walking in the Spirit. We're talking about invisible stuff. And right there, we, we would lose a bunch of people. They say, well, that's just ridiculous. But invisible stuff is real, 
okay? And now, is it, we, we know that. Gravity's invisible, isn't it? Do you believe in gravity? Sure, we're all experiencing it right now, aren't we? Right? How about um, electricity? You can see the effects of it, but electricity of itself is invisible. What about, what about all the music that's going through the room right now? Do you hear it? All the radio stations that are going through the room? There's a ton of them. Frequencies, radio frequencies just flowing through the room right now. I can't hear any of them. Does that mean they're not real? Uh-uh. No. You need, you need a, a, a receiver that has a, um, the capability to tune into the right frequency to hear that, right? That's, that's what Jesus Christ is, that frequency, right? When we put our faith in Christ, our hearts hear the voice of God, right? We, we become aware of things that we can't detect with our natural senses. All right, so Hebrews chapter 11, so we're learning about this invisible realm, just like Luke learned with Obi-Wan, right? We're learning about this invisible realm because we are God's sons and daughters. We're not going to let the devil take advantage of us. So Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, says, through faith we understand. That's a keeper right there, isn't it? What do we understand through faith in Christ? Things we could not understand in any other way. So if through faith in Christ we understand, those who don't have faith in Christ don't understand, right? They're not going to understand these things. And they'll probably think you're foolish for believing what you believe, but that's okay because we have faith in Christ. And through faith in Christ, right, our, 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 our receiver's tuned in to his frequency. We hear his voice. Through faith in Christ, we understand that the world's, plural, we're framed by the Word of God. That's not only the planets in our solar system and galaxy. That is the, the parallel worlds, the spirit realm and the natural realm. We're framed by the Word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Now, isn't that something? That's an eye-opener, isn't it? We could say it this way, so that things which we can detect with our five senses, we're not made of things we can detect with our five senses. Or we could say things which we can detect with our five senses were made from things we can't detect with our five senses. I mean, man, man spends most of his time emphasizing the five senses. That's not where it's at. We're going to see that today. It's in the spirit realm is where the life is. Right? But they don't know that apart from faith. Through faith, we see things and understand things that could not be seen or understood in any other way. Now, Colossians chapter 1, I like how, how Colossians says it. Put that up there, Eden. Still awake? All right, good. For by him, that's Jesus, right? All things, that's everything, anything you can think of, right? All things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Wow, I like that. Things visible, things we can detect with our five senses, and things we can't detect with our five senses. Eden, let me put up the, the I'm sorry, I skipped a Weymouth translation of Hebrews 11.3. I want to look at this. Through faith we understand that the worlds came into being and still exist at the command of God, so that what is seen 
does not owe its existence to that which is visible. Isn't that great? So what I can detect with my five senses owes its existence to what I can't detect with my five senses. There's two realms happening, aren't there? Right? Okay, now. And then we got Colossians, for by him all things were created. Uh, things in heaven and earth, visible and invisible. Let's look at uh, John chapter 6. Listen to Jesus. Right? Here's Jesus. It is the spirit that quickeneth. That's King James. means makes alive. Right? It's just, or gives life. It's the spirit. So the five senses don't give life. It's the spirit that gives life, that quickeneth. The flesh. Oh, boy, Jesus, why would you have to say something so... Whoa, the flesh profits nothing? So if I spend time studying the flesh, what am I going to gain from it? Nothing. nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit. And they are life. Now look how Weymouth translation says it. It is the spirit which gives life. The flesh confers no benefit, whatever. Now, what if a salesman came to your door trying to sell you something? You say, okay, what, what do I get from this? No benefit whatsoever. Would you buy it? No. Right? right? So Jesus is saying to us, the flesh is of no benefit, whatever. Right? So why would we spend our time studying the flesh if the spirit is where the life is? Right? There's no benefit to that. We think there is, but there's really not. There's greater power. And often man has gotten trapped by studying the flesh and become limited in what he experiences. Look at the Young's literal translation. I like this. The spirit it is that is giving life. That's a little Yoda-ish, isn't it? The spirit it is that is giving life. (laughs) Maybe YLT stands for Yoda's literal translation, huh? The spirit it is that is giving life. The flesh doth not profit anything. Man, that's, that's superlative, isn't it? The sayings that I speak to you are spirit and are life. See, people who don't understand spiritual things think that it's spooky and it's foreign to them. They don't want to talk about it. They think it's flaky and out there, but it's quite the contrary. Nothing's more solid and powerful than the words of Christ. Right? Hallelujah. How about the message translation? Verse 63. The spirit can make life. Sheer muscle and willpower don't make anything happen. Oh, man. You ever heard the term self-made man? That's a, that's a misnomer, isn't it? Right? People don't realize any good they've experienced in their life is because of the grace of God. Every word I've spoken to you is a spirit word And so, because it's a spirit word, it is life-making. Oh, I like that. God's word is life-making. The life-making word of God. So the scriptures show us stuff that we just couldn't learn anywhere else. We learn about this invisible realm, and we learn that the visible was created by the invisible. So therefore, the invisible is greater than the visible, right? Sure, of course. In fact, the invisible existed 
long before the visible. So let's go back in time. Let's go all the way back to the beginning, before darkness existed. Now, where would we go in the Bible if we wanted to go all the way back to the beginning? Not Genesis. John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1, goes further back than Genesis 1. Can you put that up there? This is, this is the beginning. This is before the heavens and the earth. This is before uh, the NFL, right? This is before Star Wars. This is before anything else was he is, right? So what was happening in the beginning, before darkness? In the beginning was the Word. Don't go anywhere yet. Don't read the Bible too fast. Before anything else ever was the Word the life-making word. Pure light. There's no darkness at this point. No confusion, no depression, no worry, no anxiety, no sickness, just pure light. Now that word, uh, word, that word, word, in the Greek is logos. And logos can be defined as the cause, the source, the intent, the reason, and the explanation. In the beginning was the explanation. Let's read the rest of the verse. And the explanation was with God, and the explanation was God. Who's it talking about there? If you read the rest of John 1, Jesus, right? Jesus explains God, doesn't he? You can't understand God or life apart from a vibrant relationship with Jesus Christ. He is the explanation. He is the meaning of life. He is the person of God. In the beginning was Jesus Christ. So if in the beginning, remember 1 John uh, 1, 5, I think. God is light, okay? So in the beginning was where God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. So that's what's happening right, all the way back, right? Okay? So it's not like you see on Nova, right, when the beginning's all dark and, right? no, it's pure light, okay? So if God is light, right, and, and God is the Word, the Word is light, Right? If Jesus is God and God is light, Jesus is light and Jesus is the Word, right? So God equals light, God equals the Word, the light equals Word, Jesus is the Word, Jesus is light. All right? So pure light, Jesus is pure light. Untainted, unhindered, pure light. Verse 2. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. How about that? Now, let's go to John. Uh, let's stay in John 1. Let's go to verse 4. Now, verses 1 through 3 take us all the way back. But now verse 4 brings us up to when man was on earth. All right? 
So we're not all the way back anymore. Now we're, we're talking about when Jesus came to earth as a man to reveal God to us, all right? Verse four, in him, that's Jesus, was life, okay? And the life was the light of men. That Greek word there is phos. It means that which reveals, that which makes manifest, that which unfolds and develops. So the life in Jesus reveals to us who we were made to be. The light in Jesus develops us, unfolds who we are. Okay? So as we behold Jesus, as we cultivate a relationship with, uh, with him, who you were made to be unfolds and develops and becomes clear. Romans chapter 8.29 says something very interesting, which goes with John chapter 1.4. So Jesus comes to earth, the one who was pure light in the very beginning. He comes to earth, and this life in him, he's illuminating God's character and nature to us, but he's also showing us who we were made to be. All right? Romans 8.29 says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. So God's plan was this, that the life in Jesus would be manifest in you. The light in Jesus would shine in you. Very important to understand that. Religion has put Jesus on a shelf, never to be touched. God didn't do that. Jesus came. God's very purpose was that he would be the firstborn in a massive family, right? And that the light and life in him would radiate and flow through us. All right, now verse 5 of John. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So if light reveals, unfolds, and develops, what does darkness do? Right? It conceals, it hinders, it traps. The darkness could not comprehend it, couldn't understand it. Well, when did the darkness come in? What happened? Let's find out. Would you like to find out? Now let's go to Genesis 1. It's good to know what happened. Because you don't want to confuse darkness with light. You don't want to confuse the schemes of the devil with God's will. And boy, has religion done that. Religion has preached the schemes of the devil as if they were God's will. And nothing could be further from the truth. See, when you understand the light in Jesus Christ, you can see clearly what God's will is for your life and what the schemes of the devil are. You can clearly separate the two so you know what to rebuke and what to accept. And many are accepting things in their lives that are strategies from Satan that have nothing to do with God's will for the life because they've been told by a minister that God is using that to teach them something not based on the character of Christ, but based on their own understanding. Where did the darkness come in? What happened? All right, now you ready for this? This is like huge. This is the rest of your life huge, all right? 
So we're going to get into this and see what happens. But put your seatbelts on. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth stop. Don't go to verse 2. A lot happened between verse 1 and verse 2. Stop right there. People just keep on reading and they miss it. God is light. In him, usually there's no darkness. Never has there been darkness. He's, he's never been the least bit dim. Okay? We got to charge our phones. You don't have to charge him. Right? He, he never had a beginning. Okay, you, you know who our father is. He's the beginningless one, right? He's pure light, no darkness. In the beginning, he created the heavens and the earth. There was no darkness at all, zero. All right, that's verse one. Verse two. And the earth was formless and void and what? Darkness? Was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was moving over the surface of the, of the waters. Wait a minute. Is First John 1, 5 wrong? Right? God is light and in him there's no darkness at all? What, ha where, where, what happened between verse 1 and 2? There's darkness there. If you want to understand life, you've got to go to Jesus. Jesus tells us what happened between verse 1 and verse 2 in Luke chapter 10. So what happened? The earth was formless and void, the King James says. Before we go to Luke 10, which clears it up for us, but let me share something with you that's, that's pretty cool. It would end the debate about how old the earth is if people understood this. The Hebrew word for was right there can also be translated became. Okay? So literally, if we want to translate that, it would not be inaccurate to say the earth became formless and void and darkness was over the surface of the deep. The Hebrew word, it literally means to become or became or to come to pass. Okay? So one translation the Living Bible, it gives us alternate reading. Can you pull that up there, Eden, the Living Bible? The alternate reading. The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. Now, what in the world is that all about? Hold on. Are you with me? I don't want to go too fast here. I'm excited. This is so good. So we got three words here. Let's go back to verse uh, 2, Eden. Verse 2 in the King James. The word was the word formless, the word void, and the word darkness, four words. So was, as became, if you look at the definition of formless, void, and darkness, let me read them to you. Formless means a worthless thing, confusion, chaos, a wilderness of waste. Void means undistinguishable ruin and emptiness. Darkness means misery, destruction, death, and wickedness. Now put that Living Bible translation up there, alternate reading. 
The earth became a shapeless, chaotic mass. What happened? Put the message translation up there. Message. A soup of nothingness, the message says. This is so contrary to God, isn't it? A bottomless emptiness. Ugh. An inky blackness. Inky. Fuck that word. So wait a minute, this is, this, is not, this is not my father. What's going on here? Uh, so let's put the definitions in there. Go ahead, you can put that with the definitions in. Let's read it. And the earth became a chaotic wilderness of waste and undistinguishable ruin. Wow. What happened? Now let's go to Luke chapter 10. Isn't this cool? It's really cool. I never heard this until I started studying the scriptures, and, and, and so this is amazing. All right, so now we're in Luke chapter 10. Remember, Jesus is the light. He was there before all this happened, right? Before anything was, he is. And the 70 of his disciples are so excited because they've been, they've been setting people free in his name, right? People who are sick and depressed and demonized, and, and they return to Jesus, and they say, Lord, even the devils are subject to unto us through your name. And look what he says. He said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When did that happen? Somewhere between verse 1 of Genesis 1 and verse 2 of Genesis 1. Some, we don't know exactly. And we don't know how much time elapsed between verse 1 and verse 2. People have thought because verse 1 and 2 are right together, it just happened like that. But we don't know what happened. So we don't know if the earth is 10 billion years old or, or, or how long old it is. See, we know that man has been on the earth for about 6,000 years from Adam. We can trace the genealogy of that. But we don't know what happened between verse 1 and verse 2. So there's big debates going on between evolution. And we don't know. Well, it's not an old earth. And it, we don't know. The earth was around long before Adam was there. And something happened, Okay. Very interesting. But we know from Adam to today is about 6,000 years. So, verse, uh, let's go to verse 18. And he said, I'm sorry, verse 19. Behold, open your eyes. I'm going to share something with you. I've give, I'm giving light here, right? I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. There's a lot of revelation in this statement of Christ here. So it was not God's will for poisonous things to be on the earth to bite us. It's God's will that nothing shall by any means hurt you. That is not possible but through faith in Jesus Christ. I've seen it in my own life. Supernatural life and protection. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. All right, let's see. How are we going to get all this in? All right. So, Genesis 1, God creates the heavens and the earth. What happened to Satan that caused him to be cast down? Let's just look at a couple places. We're almost done. Ezekiel chapter 28. The Bible gives us insight into what happened between verse 1 and verse 2 of Genesis 1. And check this out. So right now, Satan is being addressed in Ezekiel chapter 28. And we get insight into what happened in this invisible realm to us right now. 
Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. So he was on earth in the garden before Adam, right? Before the darkness came. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, gold, the workmanship of thy tabrets, those musical instruments, thy pipes, was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. So God put these gifts of music into Lucifer. Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. Wow. And I have set thee so. This is God talking, right? Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse 15, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Who created Lucifer? God did, right? Jesus, yeah. Until iniquity was found in thee. So we learn from the scriptures that God made the angels, but he gave them a free will just like us. Although God created Lucifer, he certainly never intended him to do what he did. But God did not make robots that walk around saying, Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Yes, sir, no, sir. Jesus is Lord, Jesus is Lord. Yes, sir, no, sir. He created real beings who have real life, who can make real decisions. And the angels and us are the two that he's done that with. So he created Lucifer. Look at, look at verse 17 of Ezekiel 28. Thine heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. Uh-oh. Now Isaiah gives us a little more insight. Isaiah 14, verse 12. Isn't this cool? Are you guys doing all right? You don't mind learning this, do you? This will help you understand your enemy. Look at this. This is Isaiah again. Satan's being addressed now. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Who's Lucifer? What does that name mean? Bearer of light. How contrary to his purpose. See, this is what happened when you become arrogant and conceitful. You begin operating contrary to your purpose, right? O light bearer, son of the morning. That was God's purpose for his life. The people would look to him and see how good God was. How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Wow. Verse 13. For you have said in your heart. Now we're getting insight into what caused this. So, so Lucifer said in his heart, some, we don't know when, might have been 10 billion years before he did this, we don't know. But at some point in time, he said, I will ascend into heaven. Uh-oh, he wants to take over, doesn't he, right? In other words, he's saying, I know better than you, God. I know what should be done in this universe. And Whenever you get a thought that you know better than God, that's a thought you want to stop right there, right? Because where that's going to lead you is dark. All right? I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Wow. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Verse 14. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. 
Man, he is off his rocker, isn't he? Right? Yet you shall be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Look at verse 17. You that made the world as a wilderness. Who did it in verse 2 of Genesis? Satan. You that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof. So God made an amazing heavens and earth, a paradise. Somewhere along that line, again, we don't know how long it was, but somewhere Satan said, I know better than you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over your throne. I'm going to be like you. And at that moment, like Jesus said, like lightning, he was cast down from heaven to the earth, and he and the devils, the angels, the fallen angels that went with him, destroyed the earth wreak havoc on the earth. Isn't that amazing? What was God's response to the darkness? We see that in verse 3. We don't have time to keep going. We're going to go on next week. But how did God respond to the darkness? He spoke light. And we respond the same way. If there's darkness in your life, you speak light. The word of God is pure light. Jesus is the light. So next week, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna see how God responded to this darkness. He actually restored the earth, starting in verse 3. That wasn't the initial creation of the earth. <laughs> okay, you'll see it's a restoration of it. All right? It explains a lot of things that, that man is confused about when you understand this. All right, so we are, we are going to uh, wrap this thing up. Hallelujah. And, and next week, you're going to see that you were created for two reasons, for love and authority. All right? So this is we're building. We're building. We're going higher. And let's end today. Let's bring this to a close by speaking light. Can we do that? Eden, can you pull up our confession? Okay, so we did this last week, and it's from Ephesians 6.10, Psalm 91.2.4, Psalm 27.1. John. So we're putting on the armor. We're keeping it on. We're speaking light over our lives. Are you ready? Let's say it together. I am strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my shield and my strength. Jesus is my light and my salvation. I walk in the light of life. Let's do it again. We're speaking light, right? Pushing back the darkness. I am strong in the Lord. No, you're not. That's what the devil will say to you, right? You don't listen. I'm strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my shield and my strength. Jesus is my light and my salvation. I walk in the light of life. One more time. I am strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. His faithful promises are my armor and protection. The Lord is my refuge and my fortress, my shield and my strength. Jesus is my light and my salvation. 
I walk in the light of life. Amen. Yes. Father, we thank you for your light shining brightly in our hearts and minds. Thank you for revealing more of Christ to us every time we gather, God. We're so excited about what you're doing in our lives. You are revealing yourself to us more every day, taking us to new levels of glory, new levels of strength, new levels of wisdom, new levels of understanding. We thank you, Father, and we, we rest in you this week. It's a new week, first day of the week. We've started off right. We've given the first part of that to you, and we have confidence that you are going to accomplish what concerns us this week. You're already in Monday and Wednesday and next Saturday. You've gone before us, and you're already working things out. And we thank you for it, Father, and we rest in your amazing love and your perfect power. In Jesus' name, amen. At Highway Church, we want to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ and experience the abundant life He came to give you. If you'd like to learn more about God's amazing love for you, please visit us at highwaychurch.us. You can email us at info at highwaychurch.us or message us via our Facebook page. Put your trust in Jesus today and taste and see how good He is.